Welcome to New Pod. New Pod. New Pod. New Pod. Presented by NotFest.com. Primer 55 bassist Joshua Toomey and War Machine merch mastermind Ro Coley bring you a weekly dose of all things new. Album deep dives, news, interviews. This is New Pod. All right, guys, let's welcome Mike Spritzer of Devil Driver to New Pod here on NotFest.com. Uh, he is here to talk about Verona on Venus, a song Rodents is out now and Popular Delusions out January 19th, 2024. Mike, how are we doing today? Good. So talk about um, you know, how this project came about and you know what made you decide to, uh, to start Verona on Venus. Well, for starters, I had some free time during the pandemic. Like a lot of people did. The idea of Verona on Venus, it, it, God, I think I first came up with the concept in 2018. It might have even been 2017. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just wanted to do something different outside of Devil Driver. And I didn't even know if I wanted it to be metal. You know, when I first started, um, I kind of forced myself to use a drum kit when I was programming drums you know, during the writing process, which I always do. I even tried to, you know, write without using any kind of double kick. That didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't last very long. That lasted a month. (laughs) But I just wanted to do something on my own. And then as time went on, I wanted, you know, I've always been such a fan of industrial music. And I uh, just wanted to go that direction. So is it more like, is it like industrial? I mean, are we talking like old school industrial, like ministry, Psalm 69, mine is a terrible thing to taste or like more electronica? Yes and no. You know, it's it, it, the record kind of starts out more of like a, more of a, like a straightforward rock or metal record with some industrial influence in there. And as the record progresses, it gets a little bit more industrial toward the end. Hmm. And then I finish it off with a cover of, the Bones of Baby Dolls by Acid Bath, which we need to talk about as well, because <laughs> that is that's something that when I saw that, I was like, holy shit, this is that's that's my thing. Why nobody has covered that song yet? Like in it, there are a couple of versions that I found on Spotify that are not very good. No, they're not. <laughs> I've, and, I've seen people cover Acid Bath before and it never quite has that thing. But nobody's ever really covered them, to be honest with you. I don't think they have. And I think they're that's one why. of the most underrated bands out there that uh agree more definitely could have been huge if their bass player wasn't killed by a drunk driver gotta love acid bath but okay so let's just go into that too because i mean when you think about that song i mean it is a very melancholy acoustic soft song like I, i mean why put that at the end of a record that is kind of influenced by industrial did you change it up at all or i changed it up there's a lot of parts in that song that i did not use from the original and Mm -hmm. added a fair amount of electronics to it i didn't go overboard with it it's still acoustic i'm still singing on it i'm not screaming on it do you sing Uh, on all the tracks mm -hmm. so how was that to go from i mean because i i don't know how much i don't know how much backup vocals you do there i've done it on and off throughout the years um, mostly not doing it. So, I did do a little bit of singing when I was in college because I had to. It was part of my major. I just went in and 
you know, luckily I got a studio where nobody could hear me. So I was able to uh, <laughs> suck in silence in the beginning <laughs> suck in peace. until I kind of figured out which direction I wanted to go. And, you know, it, there were there were days in there that were brutal, you know, or I would would not get a single thing done. Hmm. But sometimes I would at the end of the day I'd be like, wow, like. I can't believe I got the whole song done in one day. It took a minute. There were days that were that were brutal. I didn't know how, how I was going to use my voice. I, I've always been under the impression, I've always felt that anybody could sing. And if you suck, you, there's a way, especially in metal, where you can use your voice to make it sound cool in some shape or form. Right. You just have to figure that out. And once you figure it out, it's all downhill from there. I saw that Austin played drums on this and Steve Evitz recorded those drums. Let's talk about getting Austin on drums and, uh, and getting Steve Evitz to work on the record. Austin, I gave Austin a bunch of demos. I probably gave him maybe 10 or 12. And I let him decide which ones he wanted to play drums on. So once he decided, uh, he, he, he had told me that it was a little bit out of his comfort zone to, to do this stuff. <clears throat> you know, it's not straightforward, brutal metal like he's used to playing, you know, Bleed the Sky, Devil Driver, Chimera, quite a bit different. But I gave it to him and I didn't hear what he put on him uh, beforehand. I think I went over to his house and we might have jammed through a couple of the songs once or once or twice. It's been a long time. I think I recorded those drums like three years ago. Oh, well. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while. So I wasn't really sure what he did. We, you know, we went over to Steve's studio, same place where we did Dealing with Demons. Uh, we went over to his place, set up the drums, and I just let Boston do his thing. He was really the right guy to do it because when I got the songs back, I edited all the drums and started recording guitar, but I started changing up a lot of things because of some of the drum parts that he had, had done. You know, it inspired me to... Uh, just write, rewrite some things in a different way. But uh, Austin's a fantastic drummer. Now, even there's a lot of guys out there that watch him play that I really respect. <clears throat> that they just start drooling when they when they see Austin playing. He's just a maniac, and he's fun to work with. He's one of my best friends. I just, I love the guy. Uh, did you have the whole record? pretty much done um, during the pandemic? I mean, or did you kind of just put the finishing touches in between Devil Driver tours and such? Uh, let's see. I think I finished re recording this record in 2022. Okay. And, you know, when you're when you're starting a new project, which is something I've never done before, you know, I've been a Devil Driver for 20 years now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I uh, joined in 2004. So That's next really April's good. 20 years. Fuck. Wow. Yeah. Congrats. Thanks. <laughs> um, so let's see. I had, I had five people do t test mixes for me. And the, the guy that ended up doing the best mix was uh Lasse Lammert from, uh, from Germany works on a lot of napalm records bands and i've known him for a long time he'd always come out to devil driver shows and when we, were, we would play germany and um my friend shane had started a band funny enough with a couple people uh from santa barbara one of which was a guy named cliff ross who was my roommate um my last year before i joined devil driver in santa barbara and he had a he and i had a band together that we were working on called no love lost but um, I joined Devil Driver and No Love Lost just kind of fell apart. 
And another guy named Greg from another local band called Carried by Six in Santa Barbara, they did a song together just remotely because they're, you know, Cliff lives in Florida, Shane and uh, Greg live in um, Santa Barbara. And uh, they're called uh, Embers of Dawn. And they've only released a few songs, but I listened to one of the tracks and I was like, who the hell mixed this? And Shane's like, Lhasa. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, that guy. He was the last guy I I thought of to do a test mix for me. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I hadn't thought about him. So hit him up, sent him the tracks and uh, wait until he had time to mix one. And it, it was pretty obvious. There were a couple of guys that mixed that were they're all great. But something about Lhasa, and I will most likely be working with him in the future when I release more more songs, which will probably come in April of next year. Nice. Well, now that, uh, I mean, obviously you guys did the tour with, with Cradle. <clears throat> Was that basically the last Devil Driver thing until whenever this new record comes out? Or Yeah, we're working on new songs. Miller and I are writing together again the first time in 13 years. We've nice. got... We've got a ton of material already, so we're kind of ahead of the game. But we do plan on doing another record next year. and uh, But I don't think Devil Driver will be on tour for for a while. So are you going to tour with with Verona? Hopefully. I don't really have a band solidified oh. yet, but yes. I haven't. That's, uh, once I get the record out, I'll start concentrating on finding the people in them fairly certain who I'm going to use, but uh, that's a secret right now. <laughs> so talk about the last few years for you, obviously, you know, the, the lockdowns and whatnot with COVID. Um, and then obviously, but when, when touring starts back up, Des does some, some cold chamber stuff, then some devil driver, then some cold chamber. So has it been tough on you creatively and maybe you know i I don't know financially just just kind of getting out of the groove of maybe the the typical touring cycle for devil driver at the time i suppose i could have used the break when covid hit and you know we had unfortunately we had canceled a bunch of tours before covid hit because of des's wife's wife's uh, skin cancer that she had to Mm -hmm. take care of right so didn't really bother me a whole lot i'm kind of built for a pandemic you know, I've got my studio in my house. A, I can, you got your bomb shelter and your bunker. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, I mean, yeah, there there were a lot of positive things for me that happened during the pandemic. One, it was really easy for me to get down to Huntington Beach to go surfing in the morning. Um, <laughs> surfing you get, is you didn't get yelled at or anything. I thought they were telling people uh, to stop surfing. There were places up in Palos Verdes near my house. Um, which is kind of like the ritzy area of the South Bay. And um, yeah, I got kicked out of there a couple times, you know, I'm like walking down with my board and the cops are like, eh, eh, eh. Fuck. and it's wild. It's wild now, that you're out in the, you're out in the ocean by yourself. Right. And they're like, no, uh, no none of that. <laughs> yeah. But the, the guys in orange County, which is where Huntington beaches were pretty cool. They, you know, you go down there, you get in the water early in the morning, and then right around 11 o'clock, they drive the boat over and just be like, all right, everyone, one more wave. And yeah. <laughs> one more wave and you're done. But uh, the downside of that is everyone during the pandemic wanted to learn how to surf. Everybody. Right. So the, cr- the crowds just got out of control. People not knowing what they're doing, getting ran over. 
Um, I've completely changed where I surf now. <laughs> There's just some areas that are just completely wrecked. Oh yeah, like as far as so, crowds go around here. <clears throat> so you basically you supplemented your income by Mike Spritzer surf lessons. <laughs> no, uh, luckily I was still able to do a bunch of studio work, and you know I've written music for a uh, music library called Extreme Music that places songs into movies and commercials. All oh, right, on. I was watching Cobra Kai. And one of the songs came on oh, there. Nice. <laughs> and I mean, it was a song that I written so long ago. I had to Shazam it just to make sure. <laughs> is, is that me? <laughs> it, so, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, luckily I had some mailbox money cool. rolling in. And, you know, I didn't have to go to the government and ask for any kind of assistance, relief, whatever, you know, just made it work. I wanted to talk a little bit more about, about Verona, too. It's like just... In regards to in regards to the name and the imagery and all that, I mean, the imagery looks very Hellraisery. Was that like kind of? I am not a fan of Hellraiser, so <laughs> no. Good to know. Um, I'm not a horror movie fan. Oh, all right. When I was uh, producing Wednesday 13's record Necrophase, I actually, we, you know, I had the, almost the whole band in my studio. We're working on stuff, and they're like, "Mike, have you seen this movie? Have you seen that movie? You know, like The Omen." Uh, Carrie, right, and uh, God, there were a few others that like the classes Exorcist. I'd never seen it, any of them. I'm right there with you on all that. Yeah. So I, I actually went and sat down, like after we were done recording. I'm like, I need to go watch some of these movies so they don't fire my ass. Right. <laughs> so no, I've never been a horror, fan of horror. You know, I had I saw another guy made a comment on the imagery saying it was very related to Saw. I can't watch those movies. I saw the first one. It was fantastic. But <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm good. I'm just not into watching people get tortured whatsoever, even though whatever. You know, I, 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 I had someone waterboard me in one of the teasers, but <laughs> so, you know, honestly, I don't know where these ideas come from. You know, it's just one minute. I don't have an idea. The next minute I do. And um, I just kind of build on it. And uh, <laughs> share my ideas with some people, get some feedback, right. you know, change things up a little bit. You know, it's uh, I will say that everything that's out so far, Instagram and everything else so far looks very thought out. It looks very planned, you know, because when I do stuff, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do it like this and just blah, like all over the Internet. And when I was looking up the stuff, it seemed to be very, very well done. How about that? Thank you. It has been thought out. Very thought out. <laughs> For three years. Oh, right. my God. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, been I, a long time. I was going to say, that, that's that got to be the best part about this whole thing, is just the fact that after three years, like, going, holy shit, this thing comes out on fucking Saturday. <laughs> you know? Like, mm -hmm. just, just to know that the final product is finally here after three years, I mean, that's that's got to be a, an incredible feeling. I thought it was going to be a nervous wreck. Like leading up to this thing, I go to bed just been like, dude, I, I don't know. I'm like, I want to be on vacation when I release this thing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, funny enough, I'm pretty relaxed about it. Nice. Like, I'm, I'm not worried. I've gotten a lot of good feedback from the few people that have let listen to it, and uh, I'm not worried about it. You know, it's not going to be for everybody, but I, I do think a lot of people are going to like it. Um. So uh, I'm I'm just kind of curious, like about the name, because I know there's a painting called Venus and Verona, 
where did you get Verona on Venus? Uh, it's not that cool of a story. Okay. So I was watching uh, space stuff on YouTube, and the Russians sent a uh, a rover to Venus, I think in like this, the late 60s, 70s, something like that. And it was called Venera. So I was trying to think of a band name. You know, I had the long list of names in my phone that just completely sucked. And um, I know I wanted to make a cool symbol with whatever mm. I came up with. Um, I wanted it to be symmetrical. I like things to be symmetrical. I don't know why. But I didn't like the name Venera. So I don't know how I came up with Verona. But uh, I stuck that in place of Venera, and that was it. <laughs> and, you know, then I get on my computer, you know, is the do the dot com taken? No. Right. Is it trademarked? No. Is there another band called it? No. Is the Gmail even available? Yes. Like, everything was available, <laughs> Wow. you know, on all the social medias. So as soon as I came up with the name, I was just like, okay, <laughs> let's go reserve everything That's that amazing. I could possibly can can think of. And uh, that made it really easy. So when I was when I was looking it up because I was looking up the name and everything, and I saw oh there's a there's a painting called you know Venus on Verona mm -hmm. and all this kind of things, and it's like all about like the fickleness of women and everything. I was like wow, I wonder if that has to do wow. He's, <laughs> making, like, he's making a no, statement here. Venus. I'm like man. <laughs> I think I remember seeing that long time ago when I did the initial Google search. Long time ago. I will I've, say had, the, I, I've uh, had the name since like 2019, maybe even 2018. <laughs> that's I will say that your setup right now is probably the classiest I've ever seen. I, yeah. in an interview. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Great yes. I, I'm going for a very Victorian decor mm. in my household these days. <laughs> do, do you like? It's very nice. Very yes. nice. Thank you. It's very hotel lobby. <laughs> uh, we'll dive into a little bit of new metal. Um, Obviously, you being in Devil Driver, and then you know, within the last you know how many ever years, you know, Des has kind of started to play Cold Chamber songs in Devil Driver. So, how is it for you to kind of kind of play like Loco and things like that? Kind of adding those songs into the set. We only added them for that one tour with Static but, X, um, which I think was the right place to do it. You know, opening up for Static X when they had got back together with the original lineup and all that. Um, at that point in our career, I was totally okay with it. I think if you would have asked that Des was would have asked us to do it ten years prior, right? That I would, would have been like, mm -mm. <laughs> no, like I will, but I won't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but I love playing it. You know, uh, "Fiend" is my favorite Cold Chamber song. Love mm -hmm. that song, and you know, gotta love "Loco." Funny thing is, like my first experience listening to Cold Chamber. It was also my first experience listening to Cradle of Filth because I made a friend in high school. He had just gotten expelled from one school and came to my school. And he was this little gothic kid named DJ. And he handed me a tape one day with, um, I think it was Cradle of Filth's Cruelty and the Beast and Cold Chamber's first record on the other side. And who would have thought that I'd be touring, you know, being a band with Dez one day and then, you know, going on tour with Cradle of Filth. But uh, it was fun. You know, I it was not a discussion on this last these last two tours we did, whether or not we were going to play any Cold Chamber because, he's, you know, he's out with Cold Chamber. Right. right. You know, just, you know, before and after. So it's 
wasn't uh, didn't even come up as a as a topic. When you when you start the you know start start into loco, do the do you notice a like a look on people's face like holy shit they're playing this? I mean, I, I guess so far into the tour that people might know that you guys are going to play it, but those first few shows where people are going to see the shows like holy shit they're actually going to play this song. I would definitely say that when we played those two songs, it was probably the rowdiest part of the night in some cities. Hmm. Yeah, I could say that. Not every city, but a lot of them. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun to play, you know, and um, something Des had, <laughs> had been talking about it for a long time, about us adding a couple d- double, or a couple Cold Chamber songs into the set. It was fun. Yeah, no, definitely a good tour to do it. I'd do it again. Um, so to speak, actually, kind of stapling onto the, the the new metal thing, you know, you know, back in like oh one, oh two, and everything, you were doing that band Groby. Uh, mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. I mean, at, that was at a time when new metal was really kind of at its nexus in a way. How was that different? Like, a, I mean, I, I haven't listened to it, so I don't really know, but I'm I'm just kind of curious, like how how did it relate to kind of what was going on at the time? I didn't really have anything to do with the writing process in Grolby. You know, I, I kind of started working on some stuff when I joined the band, but I was only in the band for eight months, and then oh, okay, you know, the band broke up. But looking back, there's only two songs that were recorded, mm. and they were I you could say they were loosely produced by Mikey Doling from Snot, and they're not very good recordings. I do have them. They've never been released anywhere. But I, looking back, yeah, I could. I guess you could kind of say that uh, Grolby had a, a bit of a new metal vibe to it. A lot of Grolby riffs have turned into Devil Driver riffs. Oh, gotcha. Um, well, actually, a lot. But there's definitely, like, Ripped Apart isn't... It wasn't a Grolby song, but there was one song that we had called God Blast in Grolby that... Uh, I always felt like ripped apart. It was like John Berklin took God blast and just made it better. And we turned it into a devil driver song, but there's a fair amount of riffs out there on fury and last kind words. I think after that, we ran out of riffs from Grolby and just started doing our own thing. But, <laughs> now we have to write original songs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, to tell you the truth, I'm not a huge fan of new metal. You know, I, um, I love corn. Do you love Deftones? I really like Cold Chamber. Um, and then there's a bunch of bands that, like, I wanted to get your opinion. You guys asked me to make a list. Mm-hmm. And some of the bands that I got on my list, I don't even know if they're technically new metal or not. Like, well, would you consider, the, like Static X, would you consider them a new metal band? So, so one of the things that we were discussing, actually, especially in, in our last interview with Jared uh, from Head PE, was how new metal was both an era and an ethos. So not necessarily particularly a musical style, but kind of like what was going on during that time. So I find that like, you know, Static X, because yeah, Static and System of a Down, both considered new metal, but really very separate in their own Mm -hmm. way. You know, so it it kind of, in a weird way, I feel like it defies that sort of musical it, it's a genre, but at the same time, it's more of like an era in a way. So I think that's why so many bands sort of fall into it. That might not have, you know, like you wouldn't compare static X to 
Limp Biscuit. You know what I'm saying? Um, so mm-hmm. that's so yeah. So I think your your list could very much be uh, kind of a mishmash of of all the stuff that was going on at that time, but still kind of fits within that ethos. <laughs> well, in that case. Yeah, there a lot of people. I kind of get roasted for this sometimes, but I really <laughs> like Orgy's first record, Candy oh, S. Candy S. That was I had that on. Uh, That's a great record for a long time when that yeah. came out. I love that record that from start record. to finish. I love mm-hmm. every single song on it. Yep. Um, so you want to do your top five just to yep. kind of kind of bust it out? Yeah, I guess it would be Corn's first record, um, Orgy Candy S, Static X's Wisconsin Death Trip. Um, I really, I, I haven't listened to it in a long time, but I really was into Godsmack's first record. Okay. And, um, Gravity Kills. Okay. That's interesting. Cause that, that was kind of along, not, not along the lines of, of Static X, but it definitely had that sort of industrial mm-hmm. kind of vibe to it, but still sort of fits in there so i think that i think that li- that list is amazing actually yeah. <laughs> i mean you know fear god and actually out of all those bands i would i, I got a an honorable mention is uh fear factory's obsolete i listened to that a lot when i was 18 you know i moved to santa barbara to start college and anytime that i put on that record i'm like instantly back to my freshman year of college yeah. oh yeah you know, right. i love that record um and, you know, I there's a place called the Ventura Theater, you know, and I spent a fair amount of time going to shows there when I was in Santa Barbara because it was like a lot of bands wouldn't go through Santa Barbara. They'd kind of skip it, but they'd go through Ventura. Right. And I saw a band. I don't know who they were opening up for. I cannot remember called Sinistar. You guys remember, ever heard of them? I have. But that's yeah, that's like eons ago. <laughs> yeah. And. I actually, I really liked them. I thought they were a good live. And I went out and bought their record after, uh, after I saw them. And, you know, whether it's withstand the test of time is a completely different <laughs> discussion. But, um, yeah, when you guys had, and when I, you told me to make my list, I, uh, I put them on and, and listened to them. They only did one record and they, then they broke up. So yeah. I it's love game FDM too. They're yeah. one of the, Probably one of the first five industrial bands I got into when I was a kid. What? What? Actually, I'm curious to hear that. What? What were your five industrial bands? All right. Well, I think Nine Inch Nails and Ministry got me started. Uh, Cam FDM. God, who else? Um, you know, Marilyn Manson. I wouldn't really call him an industrial I was say, artist. He but, the line, but not really. Yeah, and uh, Skinny Puppy was a big one for me i'm actually gonna go see them on thursday love skinny puppy took me a little it took a little work for me to get into skinny puppy same here you know, i had a lot of friends that uh were into them and i t- put them on it's eh, a little bit too noisy for me but it was just like one of those things where i couldn't look away and like i just had to spend some time with it to right. to really appreciate it and then they you know they broke up for like 10 years they got back together and they wrote that record "Greater Wrong of the Right," and I would definitely say that album's a little bit more listenable for the general public than some of their older material. Right, but uh, it's one of my favorite records. Like uh, they kind of did the uh, same thing that Allison Chains did. You know, they stopped for a while, and you get "Black Is Way to Blue," just like wow, yeah, this works. Yeah. <laughs> 
But that's awesome, though. I didn't realize that you you kind of came up from such a kind of more of an industrial sort of thing. You know, that's fucking rad. Uh, started had to be around the time that Nine Inch Nails released Wish. Mm. I think that's when I really started to get into it. And then yeah, around the broken. same time, um, even KROQ was playing Psalm 16 or no, um, New World Order by Ministry. K Rock was playing New NWO. Yes. Really? God, I can't even imagine. They had a, I remember they had a contest. You know how they, you know, used to call up and yeah, yeah. the line would always be busy and you just sit there and do redial. They had a contest um, to see who could guess the name of the record. Because the name of the record isn't like on the Kiana record. Hio. <laughs> yeah, that everyone's like Keanu or yeah. whatever that weird symbolism is on the front. I don't even know what it means. Right. Um, but and then it's just like, no, it's Psalm 69. We're like, what? Well, that's not even the full title. Yeah, The Way to it's Succeed. And the way to or The Way eggs. to Suck Eggs. Yeah, so I don't I don't think anyone uh, had the right answer, if I remember oh, sure. correctly. <laughs> that doesn't sound like anyone would. <laughs> no. And I couldn't even imagine care. I mean... See, we had at WSOU in, in Jersey, so we we had you know they were playing ministry, they were playing all that sort of stuff, but uh, but yeah, so that's why I'm I'm always curious about like kind of how industrial sort of grew out here. Also, you had to look for it, man. Yeah, like, there was a magazine that uh, luckily I live right down the street from a Tower Records. Like I could skate there in ten minutes from right. my house, and there was a magazine called Propaganda. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they did not come out every month. I think they came out like four times a year, but I would just grab that magazine and, you know, read the article about them. And, you know, I was more into industrial than I was goth. There are a lot of goth bands that I like, but I was always kind of leaning more toward the industrial stuff. Right. Just a lot heavier. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I discovered skinny puppy. So I would just, you know, Back in the day, just unless your record store was cool with you returning CDs, you just had to go and buy them and uh, hope, hope for the best. For the best. <laughs> there is a few that just didn't grow on me. You know, there's I, I'm totally going to butcher the name, but there's a band from Germany that's a lot more on the side of industrial, um, like experimental. Neubauten. Neubauten. I was into Neubauten. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, I tried. I've tried over the years to get yeah, into them. Me and too, dude. <laughs> no, I just, I just I just remember seeing Henry Rollins with the tattoo, and I was like, I gotta check it out, man, because I was all into Henry's into Rollins's like spoken word stuff. <laughs> it's like you put on Neubauten, it's just like chainsaws against like metal, and you're just like, just, yeah. Do you remember a band called Babyland? Babyland. They were kind of on the the same. You know, they could definitely open up for new about them, let's put it yeah. that way. And they came to a uh, there was a place called the the living room in Santa Barbara. It was like kind of like it was a music venue, but it was more like a youth center. And everyone played there because there just wasn't really that many places to play. The guy that did sound was a volunteer. Everyone that worked there <laughs> that were volunteers. Um, and Babyland came and I was just Babyland. No fucking way. And, and it was definitely one of the weirdest shows I've ever seen. And then another weird band that came through Santa Barbara that I could not believe is called Dasich from Germany. What were they called? Dasich. D-A-S-I-C-H. Like, it's after a book that I believe Freud wrote. It basically means the me or the I. Oh, right. Um, 
they're actually one of my favorite industrial bands too, but I didn't get into them until I was out of college. I, I tried to get to, into them when I was in college. I found a record at a used record store called Morgue, and that was the wrong record to buy. <laughs> it was so the like I, I went and saw them play at this. Um, it, it's a really weird story. There was a guy that was a promoter in Santa Barbara, and um, yeah, I I think he was independently wealthy. Um, he was also a heroin addict, and. He uh, he must have reached out to the, the guys in the band and offered to fly them over, you know, just to pay. They flew from Germany for one right. show, just maybe, to, just to maybe two. Yeah. And there weren't that, you know, there's not that many people into industrial music in Santa Barbara, far from it. So I, I want to say that there was less than 100 people at the show. There might have been 50 people there, but they were great. So. That's where actually I didn't buy the CD. I bought the CD at the show and I re- I asked the merch girl like, "Well, which one would you recommend?" She said this one and it was more like a a soundtrack hmm. than it was an actual album that they right. had released. And then I kind of threw them away for like 5 or 6 years because I just couldn't get into that record and then I went out and bought another record and I was just like, "Oh my god, these guys are fucking amazing." Um it's very dark symphonic um, industrial, right? And it's and it's all in German too. So I think that that turns a lot of people off because they right. they don't like well, especially, when, especially when you start off with that real early old school industrial where it's like they're like like track one is the this guy banging a sledgehammer on steel and you're like and <laughs> that's, it, that's it, track one huh like I don't know how and when like the whole goth subculture got involved with industrial because if you go way back to people that I can't even name. Like I watched this great documentary on YouTube called um, before industrial went pop. Hmm. And it's based and basically Trent Reznor and ministry, like they changed everything. All right. You know, and I think like skinny, I would say skinny puppy ministry and nine inch nails, you know, started to embrace the whole industrial thing. And, you know, they had a very kind of, you know, a, a goth look to them. But if you go before that, um, it's just like, they look like scientists that were <laughs> right. in a lab, just kind of, kind of nerdy looking, right. you know, just making noise and right. like, who else would be into that type of music? I'm like music nerds. That's it. Right. You know, everyone looked like Thomas Dolby, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like Thomas Dolby meets fucking, uh, was it a uh, uh, flock of seagulls? They all just kind of had like weird hair, but like the lab coats. I wouldn't even say not that, like just clean cut, like they mm-hmm. work for NASA, you know, <laughs> just watching that documentary. I was just like, this is so weird. And that's that really old school industrial music. I'm not into it. It's just it's too experimental for me. Right, right. Well, you know, I mean, to, to kind of tie it back around to the new metal thing, it's kind of funny when you think about people like like, you know, even like I know you're not a big fan of new metal, but like people like Jonathan Davis and stuff who kind of came from this sort of that sort of gothy industrial kind of way. And same thing with Chino from Deftones and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And just kind of how it's sort of morphed into what it has become. And now to see ultimately like devil driver, you know, which obviously you wouldn't, I would never compare devil driver to, you know, nine inch nails or anything like that or sisters of mercy per se, but like to see the sort of evolution of it, 
you know, I think is, I think is pretty, pretty fucking fascinating. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I really, I'm, you know, even though you're not a new metal guy, it's like, I really, that, that makes me curious to hear what the vest of, of, of Verona is going to sound like as well, because, you know, it's like, how do you take, you know, stuff like Dostik and, you know, KMFDM and, and all your, and then, and, and then mix it in with like acid bath at the very end, you know, it's like how I, I'm, I'm really curious to see what this progression is. Cause it really is. It's like this really weird kind of wave that I'm, uh, well, you know, I kind of, before I started writing lyrics, which, you know, I had done it before and sang on stuff that's never been released that will never be released. That's just sitting in a hard drive somewhere. But I was like, you know, I don't really know what kind of vibe I'm going to go for. But I like this Bones of Baby Doll song, and I love the way Dax Riggs sings. So um, I'm like, I'm just going to start with this. You know, and that's where I started. My It was the first song that I recorded on vocals. Oh, wow. So you kind of just so, did that and then went sort of backwards in a way? Yeah. Huh. I, uh, I recorded vocals on that song, and... That was, it, it made things a little easier for me in the beginning because if, if you've never sang before, write a cover, you know, <laughs> make it your own. Then you don't have to worry about writing lyrics right off the bat, because, you know, if you've never written lyrics before, you're going to sit down and go, what the fuck should I write about? I got, you know, <laughs> I got nothing. But <laughs> and. Um, I didn't really want to be the singer of this band originally. You know, I was I w- I had a couple people that I wanted to try out, and I started thinking like, okay, what if the singer leaves one day, or we stop getting along? You know, it's uh, then I'm gonna have to change singers, or I'm eventually gonna have to do it myself. And then album two, album three is gonna be different than album one, and I was just I don't want that to happen. So. Eventually, I came to the conclusion. I'm just like, dude, I'm gonna have to figure out how to do it myself. Right, so I did. Constant. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah. I, luckily, I can't fire myself, <laughs> and uh, I will remain the singer of Verona on Venus and until the day I die. <laughs> and I don't really have to. You know, I wanted to handle this band a lot like trying to handle Nine Inch Nails. You know, it's I, I the next album I really do want to collaborate you know, with more people, you know, other than just Austin. And, uh, I think after, you know, I get the live band together, kind of see how we all work together and, uh, you know, start collaborating, collaborating with people. Nice. And doing a record by yourself takes a long time because you second guess yourself a lot, or at least I do, you know, it's like, okay, I have four options to put, in this spot in the song, which one do I go with? You know, when I was working on any number of Devil Driver records, you know, I'd have the guys there with me going right. A, B, C, or D. Bounce and everyone would go off B. Right. Like, all right, that made it easy. Move forward. Right. You know, when you're working all by yourself and you just work the way that I do, I'm very indecisive. And that's part of the reason why it took so long. But luckily now I have a direction. Um, the next record is probably going to be even a bit more industrial than popular delusions. At least that's what I have in mind for it. As of now, that could obviously change. Right. (laughs) But, uh, depending how you feel at the time, record number two is not going to take nearly as long. Hopefully by 2025, I'll have another record to to put out. 
Hello? Yeah, I mean, because at that pace, uh, we would be looking like, what, 2028 for the next record? <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I'm stoked to check this out, man, for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, well, as we wrap it up, man, um, uh, when, when it is released, are you going to be, like, eyeballing the comment section, or are you going to try to stay away from it? I don't know yet. <laughs> we'll see. Um I'll definitely check out the comments that are left on my own pages as far as, you know, Blabbermouth and Loudwire and Metal Sucks and all those guys. I might take the Joe Rogan approach and just put my blinders on. All right. You know? <laughs> Probably for the best. Uh, you know, I thought it would bother me. People talking shit on Devil Driver has never bothered me. Mm-hmm. You know, and we got a lot of shit in the beginning. Yeah. When, you know, because... New metal in the early days of Devil Driver was a very dirty word. Like you did not want to be associated with that genre whatsoever for some right. reason, which is looking back is totally ridiculous. And um, you know, it 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 took a lot to prove to the hardcore metal crowd that um, <laughs> Devil Driver was worthy of their acceptance. <laughs> and but we eventually got there. You know, it took right around the time we released our third record. Nobody was talking shit anymore. I mean, your regular people were, but it wasn't like masses of people trying to hate on us because we had Dez from Cold Chamber in the band, you know? Right. But uh, <laughs> we got past it, and, you know, I just have learned to... I mean, There's also the fact that it seems like the more people that talk shit, the bigger you are in some cases. So, right. if they're not saying anything, that's probably the worst thing. <laughs> when they're not saying anything, that's probably the worst. So, right. I'll, you know, like I said, it just doesn't bother me. You know, I'll look at them, I'll laugh. Sometimes I'll say, well, that was creative. I mean, even when uh, I had to cancel a tour because I had a seizure the day that we were supposed to leave and end up in the <laughs> hospital, I remember reading a comment. I don't remember what side it was, probably Blabbermouth. Be like, and one guy was like, this band sucks. Too bad it didn't kill him. <laughs> like, wow. I was like, Jeez. Oh, wow. Like, you really don't like our band, do you? <laughs> right. like, uh, like, damn, we were so close. One down, four to go. You know, like, <laughs> dude, that's fucking morbid, man. Fuck. Yeah, that was brutal. Although that would make for a great Devil Driver song. <laughs> One down, four to go. Death by seizure. <laughs> nice. Well, once again, the uh, the band is Verona on Venus. Uh, Rodent is out now, and uh, Popular Delusions out January nineteenth. Uh, once again, man, Mike, thanks for taking some time here. New Pod, yeah, not Thank you. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, you too, dude. Thanks for listening to New Pod. Follow to me at Talk to Me Talk and Row at War Machine Merch. Rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your friends. Until next week, keep it new.